Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Two men. Fifteen minutes. Eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. His glory I will see. I will Hey, Andrew. Hello there, Edwin. I'm excited about today's topic. Well, why wouldn't you be? Well, I don't know. <laughs> it's from the Bible. Of course I'm going to be excited about it. We're in Psalm 15, and yesterday we talked about the person asking the Lord, hey, I want to be your roommate. I want to dwell in your house. I want to, I want to live with you. And in his tent, in, in his, his tent, tabernacle. in his tabernacle, yeah. where he dwells, where mm-hmm. he resides. Yeah. And in this psalm, God says, okay, here's the guy. Mm-hmm. Here's the person. Here's the one who gets to be my welcome guest. I'd like yeah. to talk about that. Let's see what that looks like. I'm reading from the New King James Version today, Psalm 15. Lord, who may abide in your tabernacle? Who may dwell on your holy hill? He who walks uprightly and works righteousness and speaks the truth in his heart. He who does not backbite with his tongue, nor does evil to his neighbor, nor does he take up a reproach against his friend, in whose eyes a vile person is despised. But he honors those who fear the Lord. He who swears to his own hurt and does not change. He who does not put out his money at usury, nor does he take a bribe against the innocent. He who does these things shall never be moved. So we start with the question, who may abide in your tabernacle, who may dwell in your holy hill. And yesterday in the program, we were emphasizing that word holy, set apart, sanctified, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, so to me, what I'm seeing here is a description of, of holiness. Holiness. The answer, though, surprises me. When, when the Lord responds with this answer, he actually does not give a list of qualifications that I am expecting. Yeah, what did you think was going to be on the list? Well, I would think that what God would say here is if you want to live with me, you know what? Don't have any other gods before me. Oh. If you want to live with me, get rid of all your idols. Mm-hmm. If you want to live with me, don't take my name in vain. If you mm-hmm. want to live with me, here's how you worship. Here's how you bow. Here's how... I expect a whole lot of qualifications that are directly about my relationship toward God. So that this is all kind of that vertical relationship just, yeah. just between me and God. That's what I'm expecting. I mean, especially since well, why would I come to God? God's holy hill? Why would I come to his tabernacle in his tent? Because I'm wanting to worship him. I want to be there. And I would expect then, Lord, Lord, who gets to do this? Who gets to be here? Well, let me tell you about how you should feel about me, mm-hmm. my servant. Mm-hmm. This is how you should feel and relate to me if you want to live in my house. And yet every one of these qualifications are, are about how I live with everyone else. Mm. How I relate to all the people around me. Relational. Yeah. yeah. It's it's about the fact that, look, I treat others properly. I speak to others properly. I speak about others properly. I, I relate to the right peoples in the right way. The, now, there is the idea. I think the New King James says in verse 4, in whose eyes a vile person. I actually think vile is the same word that's used in the ESV. Yeah, a vile person. Some translations say a rejected person. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, there, there's the idea that I, I recognize the difference between the person who is honoring the Lord and fears the Lord and isn't. And I and I have a proper relationship yeah. with them. So 
so there's some secondary aspects of, of that issue of the relationship with God. But, but God says, look, if you want to dwell with me, you've got to live with everyone else in a better way. Yeah. You know, one of the things I see, particularly as we begin to walk through this profile uh, in verse 2, is it starts with an emphasis upon a heart and out of the issues of the heart or out of the heart rather spring the issues of life. How I'm going to treat God, sure, but how I treat and interact with my neighbor and everyone else. And what an interesting contrast we see in verse 2. It talks about how he speaks the truth in his heart. The contrast being with some of these previous psalms we've read where so much attention has been paid to what the evil have been saying in their heart mm-hmm. and the wicked have been saying in their heart. And the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Right. I, we've been doing a lot of heart talk in these different psalms. Here's one that if you're going to dwell with the Lord forever, it is truth in your heart. Okay, I just got to put a little marker here that we need to come back to later. But I think what you just said was is that even though Psalm 15 is a literary unit all on its own, I can't help but read this remembering what I read last week in Psalm 14. Well, sure. The fool said in his heart, there is no God. But the wise person, the welcome guest of the Lord, speaks truth in his heart. Speaks truth in his heart. So here's a contrast between the fool and the wise. Absolutely. And not just, I mean, we could go back to other psalms before that. We're not going to right now. But just the idea that these psalms often speak to our heart. Yeah. And the Lord's interest in it. And truth in the heart. So, And that idea of speaking truth in the heart is an idea of an honesty. Mm-hmm. And honesty with myself, with my neighbor. I think it would include an honesty with God. Sure. I think so. So there is a little bit of the vertical relationship there, but still all of this about my walk. And and doesn't that go back to Psalm 1? Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of the sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. And as I walk through this Psalm, I I hear about this person who wants to live with God, and I hear about how he walks and where he stands and where he sits. Oh, no, absolutely for me. I, I jotted down a couple little notes, too, and it was back to Psalm 1. Because where this where 15 ends, he who does these things shall never be moved. Like a tree planted by still waters <laughs> shall not be moved, right? Psalm 1, verse 3. Wow. So I saw a lot of echoes in Psalm 1 here. I didn't even make that connection, but yeah, absolutely. Like the tree that will not be So uh, coming from the heart then, of course, is our speech. The Lord teaches us this, uh, that the speech is always going to be the tell on our hearts. And a lot of emphasis placed here upon speech, like in verse 3, no backbiting with the tongue. Um, No slandering or taking up a reproach. Yeah. In other words, I don't lie about people and I don't make fun of people and I don't mock them. Yeah. But, But what about if I disagree with them? What if they actually said something that I think is really silly? Isn't it possible, though, to disagree without mocking and slandering and, and backbiting? Have you have you been on Facebook lately? <laughs> <laughs> it puts me in mind in, uh, what is it, James, uh, the, chapter 3, that talks about the terrible fire that can be started with the tongue and how awful it is that you have this spring that, uh, well, there should be praises for God. That's what's intended. But all of this evil comes out towards men. And Psalm 15 gets it right there. We use our tongue for holy things, to praise God, to speak truth. Um, that's, that's where it needs to be. In the middle of this issue about how I talk about my neighbor, but there's also the how I behave toward my neighbor, does no evil yeah. Yeah. to his neighbor. Yeah. Reminds me of what we often call the golden rule. Mm. Treat others the way I want to be treated, not mm-hmm. the way they've treated me. Yeah. 
I treat others the way I want them to treat me. goes on. I've already mentioned in verse 4. And that is something so unique about Christianity. I, I just want to say it. I, I know that uh, people comparing religion say, well, well, every every religion has their own version of the golden rule. And I just want to say, well, a version, but it is Christianity. It is Jesus Christ who taught treat other people the way you want to be treated I, and not just treating in kind. Yeah, you, you actually were telling me the other day, now that you brought this up, didn't you read a quote from, was it the Quran or one yeah. of the other? You want to go ahead and bring it up? Well, I feel I, like, I just, feel, I've seen it in your eyes. I know you want to say it. <laughs> Not necessarily, but I mean, some of the different twists on this idea have been the idea of uh, if someone transgresses you, transgress against them in the same kind. Uh, and that that's not the golden rule. That's mm-hmm. not what... I mean, people get close by uh, sort of rehearsing this idea of an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. That's justice. But again, that is not the golden rule. Mm -hmm. The golden rule is about loving first and doing doing good preemptively. Yeah. And one of the interesting things, I was listening to another podcast some time ago where someone attributed the origin of the golden rule to an ancient Jewish rabbi. However, what that ancient Jewish rabbi, and right now the name is escaping me, it might be Hillel, um, but the ancient Jewish rabbi had said, essentially, and there's been various versions of this throughout some religions, what you don't want people to do to you, don't do to them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The golden rule is actually very different from that. The golden rule is not avoid things you don't want to happen. It's it's the active do things you do want to happen. Yeah. Of course, we're getting a little bit of far field of Psalm 15 I, I didn't here, mean but, to, but, but the, I will say that this whole this whole business about how we're treating our our neighbor, yeah, <laughs> leads us there to that golden rule. We've but got go who swears to his own hurt and doesn't change. This is a commitment. This is a commitment that look when I've given my word, when I told you something, even when it becomes painful, even when I discover that okay, what I've committed to, I it, it's I'm kind of hurts. It's not It's not going the way I'd hoped it would. Is what that like giving a money-back guarantee on a product and then actually giving the money back? Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what that means. Who does not put out his money at interest. Now, that's an odd one for us today. I, I do think that sometimes we may want to back off on this because we are such a lending, investing society. I don't want to call everything that we do as sin. I do know that under the law, there was a rule about when someone was in need— you just gave to them, or or if you loaned to them, you didn't tack on the interest because that was seen as taking advantage of the poor. Yeah. I do think maybe today we jump too quickly to the idea that because I'm investing, it's okay. I will tell you, I see these places off of Air Force and Army. I, mean, I grew up in the Air Force. Yeah. Uh, well, I grew up with my dad in the Air Force. And you see I'm almost off of every military post across the street is one of these almost loan shark places mm-hmm. that the I'm telling you. Places. I'm telling you, look, I know they're investing. I know they're just trying to make some money. But I also think they're making money, taking advantage of people. I think there's some application today on this. Well, I agree with you 100%. And I guess I, I try to use the word usury. At least to what connote the idea that this is this is abusive, this is oppressive interest rates. This is this is beyond fair. This is to cheat people, and you don't do that. You don't do that. I will point out though that the law was not simply against usury; it was against interest. Hmm. You know, you didn't even okay. Look, you're poor, so I'll only charge you one percent. It was no, no. 
I'm not going to charge you anything. In fact, when Nehemiah comes back and deals with this later, he makes them just forgive the debts. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an interesting thing. So the idea here is I'm helping and those. that was a wonderful thing about the year of Jubilee, right? Yeah. Weren't, weren't all debts forgiven? All debts are just forgiven. The slaves are freed and, and go back to your own land. And so there were these resets from time to time built into uh, Israel, built so into the law. I don't take advantage of people who are in need. Mm-hmm. I'm Rather, I'm helpful and I'm supportive. I don't take a bribe against the innocent. Both of these things kind of go together. I'm not going to, again, take advantage of people in their need. I'm not going to, I'm, I'm not about just bettering myself financially. I'm about supporting and loving people. What about seeing people uh, the way God sees people, right? And so in verse 4, there is a, a desire to honor all those who fear Lord, uh, but then uh, not. <laughs> For, for those that despise the Lord, uh, who revile before the Lord, to recognize that as such. Yeah. And we don't celebrate that. One of the things, as, as I take all of this together, dwelling with the Lord is not an escape from dwelling with people. Mm, that's well said. I'm, I'm not Lord. I, I, okay. Dwelling with the Lord is really helping people to know the Lord, to yeah. see the Lord in the way we treat them. At various times throughout my life, I've been in conversations with people, and I've said and I've heard, oh, wouldn't it be just great to just go be with the Lord, just to be in heaven, to get out of this awful, sinful world? Well, sure it would. And we're, so, we're, That's our hope. Well, but somebody responded to me, you know, aren't you glad Aren't you glad Jesus didn't feel like that? Aren't you glad that when, when – and I don't know how father and son communicate, so I, I just imagine it the way you and I communicate. When the father said – Son, here's the plan that Jesus didn't say, but I don't want to go live with those people. <laughs> he came and lived with us and he died for us. Yeah. And, and he set the example on all of this. I, again, I guess I just want to repeat dwelling with the Lord is not an escape from dwelling with people. Well, to live is Christ and to die is gain. We'd love to know what you're learning from the Psalms, what you're learning from whatever it is that you're reading in the Word of God. You can send us an email at texttalk at christiansmeethere.org, texttalk at christiansmeethere.org. Let's wrap up with a prayer. God, you are magnificent. We want to dwell with you. Qualify us, strengthen us, discipline us. Whatever it is that you need to do, To make us these people that we've just read about, we pray that you would do that. We love you, Father. We thank you for loving us first. We thank you for wanting us to dwell with you. It's through your Son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians Who Meet on Livingston Avenue this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge wrote and sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast so others can learn about it more easily. Have a great day. Well,